Welcome to Karmic Imprints, a podcast that explores the unconscious stories, mythologies, soul memories, astrological archetypes, ancestral legacies, past life patterns, and historical happenings that drive us to support the process of awakening to and engaging with this underlying psychic content in a more conscious and intentional way. I'm your host, Diana Westley, an evolutionary astrologer, spiritual coach, and lover of all things archetypal. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm really excited to be sharing a new episode on the Karmic Imprints podcast, one where we'll dive deep into the upcoming eclipse season and the astrology of this time. Um, So this eclipse season is especially near and dear to me and my heart because I am 38 and a half weeks pregnant and I'm expecting a baby girl, my first child, um, right in the middle of this eclipse season. And so um, this is both my last podcast for just a minute. I'll be back again later this fall, um, but also a, a really powerful and important um, eclipse portal and life portal, I suppose, for me. So I'm really excited to be here sharing about this eclipse season and um, what you can all kind of anticipate or expect, some of the, the major energies that will be at play, some of the kind of underlying spiritual um, effects and impacts of this eclipse and so on. Um, So I want to begin with a little bit about what eclipses are from an astronomical perspective. So this first eclipse that we have coming up on the 14th of October, it's a new moon solar eclipse, and it's also what we called an annular eclipse. So essentially with a solar eclipse, the sun um, is kind of being blocked out by the moon from our perspective here on Earth. With an annular solar eclipse, um, the moon is at its farthest place from the Earth, so it's smaller in its appearance than usual. And so when it's blocking out the sun, there's actually this kind of ring of fire appearance around the moon. Um, This holds kind of its own significance and its own meaning. Um, And from my perspective, this light that's kind of shining around the moon, this light from the sun that's not completely blocked out, um, kind of is this this representation of the light of consciousness that emerges from the shadow. Um, So when we're willing to work our way through the darkness, when we're working to honor our shadow selves, when we're willing to um, kind of go deep into those parts of ourselves, the unseen parts of of our experience, our human experience, um, that otherwise get kind of looked over or ignored or neglected or repressed or pushed down. When we're willing to go into that shadow, there can be this illuminating effect from that. We can come into a higher level of consciousness. We can come into a new understanding of ourselves and so on. And so with this first upcoming eclipse, this 
annular solar eclipse um, on the 14th of October, there is this kind of powerful energy of kind of awakening to some of the, the wisdom, but also some of the conditioning, karmic conditioning, karmic patterns that are kind of hiding in our, our shadows, both personally and collectively, so that we can heal and overcome um, some of the, the things that we're ready to release and move on from, kind of break free from some of these karmic cycles, while also potentially kind of tapping into some of the unseen wisdom that, that again, kind of lives in the shadow, lives in the darkness, that we're ready to reclaim and reintegrate. So the astronomy of the eclipse itself for this upcoming solar eclipse on, again, the 14th of October um, is quite powerful in, in nature. Um, and even when we think about the moon kind of being at its farthest point from the earth, in a way, since the moon represents our emotional nature in astrology, this suggests the ability to kind of um, take a, a more distant glance at our emotions, to kind of be this dispassionate, objective observer as we're moving through this, this solar eclipse. Um, the ability to, again, kind of see our emotions from a distance and understand our emotional patterning in a new way. So there's a lot of really, really powerful things going on with this eclipse in general. Um, but when we think about it, again, from this astronomical perspective, there are things about this first eclipse of this season, this solar eclipse, that are um, kind of extra potent and extra powerful. <clears throat> the following eclipse will be a lunar eclipse. And from an astronomical perspective, a lunar eclipse occurs when the Earth actually casts its shadow on the moon. And so um, during a lunar eclipse, we have a full moon. I should have mentioned during a solar eclipse, it's a new moon, the sun and the moon coming together. During a lunar eclipse, it is a full moon. And so typically with a full moon, we have the light of the sun casting um, or, or kind of being illuminated on the moon. And so we can see the moon in its fullness because of that light from the sun. The moon itself does not inherently have light. That light is always coming from the sun. And so, um, so with a full moon, typically we can see the, the fullness of the moon in this full um, kind of illuminated quality. But during a lunar eclipse, the earth is, is right between the sun and the moon. And so again, the earth's shadow gets cast on the moon. And so we typically see the moon in kind of this more orangey reddish light because it's it's not um, receiving the full light from the sun. Um, there is kind of this this um, what's the word this obscuring that happens um, with this with the earth blocking the the light from the sun and kind of having this this shadowy cast on the moon. <clears throat> So again, there's there's some interesting things to think about when we talk about kind of the differences between these two types of eclipses. Um, with this lunar eclipse on the 28th of October, there is this energy of, you know, kind of some of the 
the shadows that we've been working through and experiencing, um, again, kind of collectively on earth, things that are linked to our, our earthly experience, um, maybe to our current incarnation on some level that we are processing, that we are working through, um, that we are here to heal. With the solar eclipse, there's there's a little bit of this feeling of um, kind of a, a spiritual reemergence, um, a, a spiritual cleansing that we're going through, something that feels a little bit more distant and detached. Whereas with the lunar eclipse, again, there's this quality of, of maybe needing to cleanse and release some things from our body. Um, maybe when we're thinking about kind of karmic conditioning in, in the light of the full moon, um, lunar eclipse, this might be more kind of our karmic experiences here on this planet, again, both in this lifetime, potentially in prior incarnations, but there is an earthly quality to that full moon um, lunar eclipse. Eclipse. And I'll get into that more when I talk about, you know, the signs that are involved in these eclipses and all of that. But I just wanted to share again that with the astronomy of these eclipses, we can learn quite a bit and we can understand some of kind of the spiritual significance, some of the, the symbolism that we may experience around the eclipses and so on. So I hope that's kind of um, a helpful place to start if, if visualizing and understanding how these eclipses work was a little bit difficult. Now, from a astrological perspective, eclipses tend to be a time of revelation where we come to new understandings of ourselves, of the world around us. Sometimes, again, these deep spiritual revelations and understandings, um, revelations surrounding our emotional nature, our feeling nature, our intuitive nature. Um, so again, this revelation energy, this awakening energy tends to kind of come alongside eclipse seasons. Transformation is also another common word for working with and through eclipses. So there is this feeling of metamorphosis that's upon us when we enter into an eclipse season. We come out of eclipse seasons different people than we were when those eclipse seasons began. Typically, um, you know, we're kind of experiencing this up-leveling of our consciousness. Part of that process typically involves needing to kind of release and cleanse ourselves and our souls and our emotional bodies of some of the things that we've been carrying in order to invite something new to enter, in order to, in order to allow ourselves to complete our metamorphosis and emerge on the other side. Um, new and, and different and changed, but for the better. I want to really quickly clarify that when I talk about release, um, just because this has come up with a few of my clients recently, when we talk about full moons, when we talk about eclipses um, and things that require release, this isn't always going to be a tangible release, especially since the moon is usually more working with this area of kind of unconscious um, emotional content. So typically, even if externally nothing really appears to change during eclipse season, there is an internal transformation happening. There is an internal release and cleansing and clearing that we're typically going through. So 
This doesn't mean that we have to let go of or release a person from our lives. Maybe sometimes that is needed, but that's not always going to be the case. It doesn't mean we have to release a dream, a hope, a wish. Um, in fact, sometimes by clearing some of the, the clutter, our dreams and hope, hopes and wishes actually emerge even stronger and we feel even more empowered and ready to kind of move forward with them. Um, if you feel like you're not ready to release something or you're afraid you're going to have to release something that that's actually really meaningful to you, then it's probably not the thing that has to be released during this eclipse season. If you're afraid because of this, the discomfort, because you know it's something that you're ready to let go of, um, but you just really haven't wanted to up until this point, then maybe this eclipse season is an opportunity to reflect on those things and kind of allow yourself to let them go, or at the very least, allow the, yourself to change your relationship to those things, um, to kind of free yourself from um, any kind of constricting, limiting relationships you may have to those things. But again, this isn't necessarily something where, um, you know, bad things are coming into our lives or things are being stripped away from us that we genuinely loved, cared for, wanted to, to keep in our lives. Um, typically, it's more something that we know where we're maybe growing an awareness of, that we're ready to release, that we're ready to cleanse from our beings, from our experience. Um, those are the things that, that typically are going to come up for review during eclipse season. <laughs> They're also a major time of evolution. And so when we think about when eclipses happen, there's always this alignment with the north and south node of the moon. So we're looking at new and full moons that are happening near that north and south node axis, which in astrology represents kind of this evolutionary axis where we're coming from in prior incarnations, the south node, um, you know, kind of this link to the karmic past there in the south node, as well as what we're growing toward, um, kind of this, this soul point of counterbalance to the south node and um, where we've kind of spent a lot of time in the south node now there's this growth opportunity something that feels different something that feels again like like growth evolution transformation forward momentum as represented by the north node and so with eclipse seasons, we always have um, one eclipse that's aligned with one of the nodes and another eclipse that's aligned with the other. In this case, the first eclipse, the solar eclipse um, that's coming up again on October 14th is aligned with the south node. There's a little bit more of this feeling of nostalgia of the past, of remembrance, and of also clearing of old karmas that kind of comes with these south node eclipses, whereas again with the north node there is this this call forward but there may be something that we need to release still with it being an eclipse um, in order to really kind of charge forward towards those and um, those things that 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 feel like growth that feel like evolution to us at this point in time 
Um, <clears throat> so that's that's some of the the energy that that we work with during eclipse seasons in general. Um, and then again, more specifically to this eclipse season, we have kind of this this beginning point and um, this first eclipse that has the alignment with the south node, the second eclipse, the lunar eclipse that has more of the alignment with the north node, and that changes from eclipse season to eclipse season. During eclipse season, it's also a really powerful time to kind of cleanse our emotional waters, our emotional bodies, um, and again, start setting some intentions for renewal, renewal of our emotional beings. Um, so again, with the moon involved, this is very much an emotional process, an emotional catharsis, an emotional healing, an emotional release, an emotional emotional freeing um, experience if we allow it to be. Speaking of which, um, because we're talking about emotions, because we're talking about the moon, which moves through its different cycles and phases, it's also a really important time during eclipse season in particular to honor our natural cycles, to give ourselves plenty of time for rest, reflection, meditation, self-care, um, you know, whatever it is that helps us feel centered and grounded and cared for and rested as we're doing this deep emotional work, um, whatever it is that we need to, to kind of keep ourselves healthy and well and vital um, during these times, it's, it's really important to prioritize those things. Um, playfulness can also be an important thing to remember to bring in during eclipse season because, again, we're, we're trying to experience some level of balance. Um, and, and the best way to move through eclipse seasons is to, you know, give ourselves space to do this deeper, heavier, um, cleansing, cathartic work, while also making sure that, that we're honoring um, all of our other needs, staying in balance so that when we come out of eclipse season, we're kind of ready to move forward. We have the energy, we have the vitality, and, um, and we're capable of, of bringing ourselves into this new chapter that the eclipse is, is ushering in. If we completely burn ourselves out, if we don't honor our natural cycles, rhythms, and so on during eclipse season, it can make it a bit more difficult to come out on the other side, ready to, to really work with and move forward with the energy that, um, that we tend to kind of glean or, or gain from these cycles. So again, rest as you need it. Don't feel guilty for that. Um, you know, definitely take care of your needs during this time. You know, show yourself some softness, gentleness, tenderness, care, and um, and really celebrate yourself for any of the the heavier work that you do because um, this isn't necessarily an easy cycle, an easy phase that we go through when we're in the midst of eclipses. Um, but but again, if we're going to come out on the other side empowered, we need to feel proud of ourselves. We need to honor ourselves for the work that we do, for what we accomplish, and so on. Okay, so now let's dig into the eclipses themselves, kind of these specific eclipses that are coming up this fall, or 
rather fall in the Northern Hemisphere, spring in the Southern Hemisphere. So as I mentioned, the first eclipse we have coming up is this new moon annular solar eclipse, and it's happening at 21 degrees of the sign Libra at about 10.55 a.m. Pacific time on October 14th. Um, so there's quite a bit of interesting stuff happening surrounding this eclipse. And I want to begin with the sign that it's falling in. Um, typically, when we think of Libra, we think of a sign strongly associated with partnership, with relationship, with seeking balance um, between the self and others, and so on. But if we dig a bit deeper into the sign Libra and go into kind of some of the mythology surrounding Libra, we start to piece together a slightly bigger and, and in some ways kind of more interesting picture. So in ancient Egypt, Libra was actually linked to the scales of the goddess Mat. Um, and so at the time of death in ancient Egyptian mythology or, or spirituality religion, um, the human soul was supposedly placed on one scale of Mat and a feather was placed on the other. If the weight of the soul was heavier than the feather, then the soul had to reincarnate with the goal of releasing that extra weight. And so in a lot of ways, the goal of that sign Libra, of these scales, was actually to make the scales balance and prepare the soul for the afterlife as it moved into the sign Scorpio, which has this association with death, with endings before new beginnings. If we think about that, um, there's, again, this, this other side to the balance that Libra is here to experience. It's not just about the self versus others. Self versus other is a really fantastic way of understanding our karma, of understanding kind of our soul's conditioning um, and kind of where we are on our evolutionary journey, on our evolutionary path. But at the same time, it's not purely about the relationships we experience with others. They are um, a reflection into what's going on within us personally. Um, our ability to relate with others and, and work with others is definitely part of our soul journey. But if we think about Libra in this other way, then, then we really start to see that Libra is, is the equilibrium point. It's the balance point of all of these incarnations, of all of this karmic work that, that we're incarnating to do. When I think about astrology and I think about Libra, um, I, I'm actually really drawn to the very center of the birth chart or any astrological chart, really. That center point is really what we're striving for. We're striving for kind of a perfect integration of all 12 zodiac signs. We're striving for a perfect balance between all of the planets um, in our birth chart, all of the planets and their archetypes in the sky. And, and Libra is the energy that brings all of that into balance, that brings all of that into equilibrium. When we can reach that center point, that is when our soul is lighter than the feather. That is when our soul is kind of done with the, the work that it was here to do, that it incarnated to do. 
More interestingly, if we think about Greek mythology, Libra was actually the scales of Astraea, and Astraea was kind of the goddess associated with the constellation Virgo. And so when we think about Virgo, Virgo is this energy of the virgin, of the, the one who is whole unto themselves, who is complete. And so when we think about the scales of Libra being linked to Virgo, um, we're, we're reminded again of this energy of, of integration of all of the different parts of, of the sky, all of the different archetypes, the planets, the signs, and so on, all of the different parts of ourselves that make us whole and complete, that make our souls lighter than that feather, that allow us to kind of complete our, our karmic journey, our karmic cycle, um, again, returning to that wholeness. And, and so there, there's this really, really interesting um, other side to Libra that this eclipse season in particular, I sense, is kind of calling us to remember, to reconnect with, and to bring back into our experience. And that is this, this new understanding of what it means to be balanced, what it means to find equilibrium, um, what it means to reconnect with our wholeness, what it means to um, kind of release karma, right? So I mentioned that the south node is aligned with the solar eclipse. The south node has this karmic association. Um, and so with Libra kind of naturally and inherently associated with the soul's desire, <clears throat> to lighten its karma, to release its karma, um, this eclipse kind of holds some, some extra powerful meaning. Um, a few of the other themes that are coming up around this eclipse, and I'll get more into the astrology of that, um, but a few of them are remembering some of the magic of the ancient past and working with our ancient soul faculties to clear any limiting karmic imprints and create an unshakable foundation as we plant our seeds of intention for a better future. So again, there is karma associated with this first eclipse in Libra. It's sitting conjunct or, or right near the south node of the moon, this, this karmic placement in birth charts, this karmic placement um, kind of in the sky um, that, that were coming up against and, and we're confronting and we're working with during this eclipse. But the South Node also points to the past. And that past can be, um, you know, the ancient past where there's gold for us to kind of rediscover and, and bring back into our modern experience. Um, I'm going to speak a little bit more about some of the, the specific energies surrounding the degrees of the zodiac that this eclipse is, is kind of conjuring or activating. Um, but I just wanted to, to put it out there that again, there, there is um, with the south node, with some of this, this solar eclipse energy, there's a mix of karmic clearing, but also remembering, remembering the ancient wisdom, remembering the unseen wisdom, the magic that kind of lives within us. <clears throat> 
So other than the south node, um, which I mentioned is conjunct or, or kind of aligned with this solar eclipse in Libra, there's also a conjunction between Isis, um, which is asteroid number 42, and this um, eclipse at 21 degrees of Libra. And so in ancient Egypt, um, again, Egypt comes up quite a bit during this podcast. Sometimes the mythologies um, are really deeply rooted in other cultures, but in this case, um, Egyptian mythology is kind of coming to the forefront. Um, but in ancient Egypt, Isis was the goddess of magic, of wisdom, of healing, fertility, love, and also of eternal life. She was also called the mother of all gods, and she was the most powerful magician in Egyptian mythology. So the power of her magic kind of transcended um, and rose above that of all of the other gods. So Isis being really strongly um, aligned with this solar eclipse, again, brings up this feeling of there is something ancient. There is an ancient wisdom that's trying to arise, resurface, um, re-enter the collective consciousness and the collective unconscious over the course of this eclipse season, beginning with this new moon solar eclipse. New moons in general are a time of new beginnings. When we think about having the south node aligned with the new moon, there's an energy of something from the past being a part of this new beginning. So again, whether it's something from the past that needs to be healed, resolved, released, or something from the past that needs to be remembered and reintegrated, there's something from the past that is instrumental and fundamental to our, our new beginnings that are before us, that are coming. Um, and so again, with Isis there, there's this, this emphasis on ancient magic, ancient wisdom, um, and also this idea of eternal life. So I Isis was also the wife of Osiris, who becomes the god of the underworld. So Isis has this link to the underworld. She is an underworld deity. She is a protector of the dead. She also has the power to resurrect the dead. And so we have now this, this second kind of um, mythological um, figure. So we had Mott with her scales, and now we have Isis with her power to resurrect the dead with her association with eternal life. Um, we have both of these associations with reincarnation, with past lifetimes, with, um, you know, kind of the preparation for the end of life, the preparation for death, um, which in some ways we're all kind of working toward. We're all trying to heal, to cleanse ourselves, to cleanse our souls of, of old karmas. We're all trying to liberate and free ourselves from the fear of death on some level. Um, and we all on some level are kind of seeking eternal life, but the eternal life of the soul. And so there's, there's this really, um, really powerful energy and, and kind of synergy there between Isis, this ancient Egyptian goddess associated with eternal life and with Mott, this goddess who is linked to, um, you know, kind of our, our soul's 
karmic cleansing and and its need to kind of reincarnate in in order to continue um, striving for greater balance, better, better equilibrium, um, and lightness ultimately. And so, so both of these associations are really, really strong, really pronounced during this new moon eclipse. Um, and also, again, just this remembrance of magic, this remembrance of our magic, this remembrance of ancient magic and kind of the power that we hold that we may not be aware of or we may not have been aware of. So there's there's a, a very empowering energy that's that's coming along with this new moon eclipse in particular. What's also interesting is that the south node um, is closely conjunct asteroid Persephone, um, asteroid number 399 during the eclipse. And so um, Persephone is, is an interesting character, an interesting mythological figure to bring in, um, in part because Isis, this goddess, this Egyptian goddess I was just speaking of, um, was actually worshipped in Greek and Rome under the names Demeter and Ceres. And so the, the story of Isis um, actually has kind of this continuation in Greek and Roman culture through Demeter and Ceres. Why this matters for Persephone is that Persephone was the daughter of Demeter slash Ceres. And she's associated with, um, you know, the experience of having a descent into the underworld. Essentially, she's abducted or kind of kidnapped by Hades slash Pluto, the god of the underworld, um, kidnapped from her mother, Demeter slash Ceres, also Isis. And um, in her process of, of being um, kind of ushered away into the underworld, in some tellings of the myth, she's kind of forced into the underworld. Um, but in the underworld, she also starts to kind of move away from her passivity. She moves away from the learned helplessness of a child and really comes into her womanhood. She comes into her power. She comes into her queendom. She becomes the queen of the underworld um, through the process of making this descent of, of you know, some say by choice, many say by force, um, maybe it was a mix of both. <laughs> by, by entering this underworld, she um, again starts to move into a new cycle of life and comes into her power in a new way. So the Eleusinian mystery rites um, were these really powerful rites of passage that a lot of people went through in ancient Greece and Rome. And they're asso associated very strongly with these um, magical rites of Isis. So again, there's this really interesting overlap there. Um, and basically, at the end of the Eleusian mystery rites, um, there is this descent that's part of the mystery rites. There's not a lot that's known about them, but we know that there's an experience of a descent 
um, and kind of a confrontation with the shadow, with death, with the, the things that we're really afraid of and don't want to confront. Again, you think about the eclipse, when you think about the shadow that's cast on the sun, having to confront the shadow. Um, and on the other end, um, there's this return of Persephone from the underworld and this promise of eternal life that comes with that. Um, and so, so again, we have this, this narrative of the descent, um, which is so powerful for thinking about eclipse season. We are descending into the shadow on some level where we're experiencing these shadows cast on the sun and then the moon. So that is a really important part of, of this rite of passage we go through during eclipse seasons. Um, but on the other end, when we kind of resurface from the underworld, um, just like with these Eleusinian mystery rites, once we've worked our way through the shadow, we've honored it, we've maybe found some of the gold in the shadow, some of the gold in the karmic past, the south node as well. Um, then we we arise re-empowered, we arise more conscious, we arise with some of this, this maybe prior incarnation or ancient wisdom. And, and that wisdom, that knowledge, that power um, is part of, of this promise of eternal life. So it doesn't mean that we will physically live forever, um, but there, there is a, a feeling of no longer fearing death, no longer fearing endings, no longer fearing the shadow, um, which basically gives us um, a sense of, of being eternal, of being connected to allness, of being connected to something bigger. Um, again, this is kind of a spiritual reemergence that we experience. And so there's, there's lots and lots of power associated with Persephone um, and kind of her story, with Isis, um, with this Libran association, with Mott, um, and so on. The uh, new moon solar eclipse, apologies, um, is also making a conjunction with the planet Mercury. Mercury is the divine messenger. And so when we have Mercury entering into this eclipse with us, when we have Mercury helping us face the shadow, um, Mercury actually in Roman mythology was one of the, the deities that could kind of go back and forth between the underworld and the world of the living and the world of the gods. Um, he had that ability to kind of transcend and move through these liminal spaces. And so having Mercury there is, is very powerful. Our minds, um, our voices, our ability to channel and understand things and, and really, again, allow this, this illumination of our minds, whether it's an illumination to the shadow, to our unconscious, to the ancient wisdom, um, the ability to channel things from the ancient past. All of that is really highlighted with Mercury sitting in conjunction to this eclipse. Mercury also suggests it's a really powerful time to confront old narratives, old stories that have maybe kept us limited or stuck in the karmic past. And so Mercury is, is here to say, um, you know, the stories that that. Um, keep us kind of cycling um, through 
an old way of being, an old way of existing. It's time to release those stories, whether they're personal stories, whether they're collective stories, maybe a mix of both. Um, this eclipse season is saying time to cleanse our minds of those stories and cleanse our voices as well. The words that we choose, the, the words that we choose to describe ourselves, the definitions that we hold around ourselves, those are all things that can keep us stuck or that can liberate and free us. So again, there's this really strong emphasis on our minds, our voices, and how we choose to use them as we're moving through this solar eclipse. Mercury is also sitting exactly opposed to Chiron, um, which is currently retrograde in Aries during this eclipse. And Chiron brings up, you know, the, the image or the mythological symbol of the wounded healer. So there is some kind of wound that we're addressing, that we're working through mentally, um, maybe consciously, maybe unconsciously, but, but definitely with our minds. Um, over the course of this solar eclipse. With Chiron retrograde, again, retrograde energies tend to point to the past. So this could be past life memories, stories, conditioning that we need to release and heal. Um, Chiron is also in Aries, which is where the, the North Node, our, our growth opportunity is right now. And so if we're thinking about Chiron through the lens of Aries in particular, there may be some wounds to our courage, to our ability to individuate, to that inner warrior, that inner fighter, wounds to our anger, wounds to our motivation, our passion, our inspiration that are limiting the way that we think, that are limiting our minds, that are limiting our ability to expand into a new consciousness, that are maybe even limiting our ability to access some of the the unseen, the ancient wisdom that lives deep within us, that that um, you know lives deep within our collective consciousness or unconscious as well, and so through the process of of getting more comfortable. Um, really honoring and listening to ourselves and listening to our truth and not worrying too much about what other people think. You know, this is very much a personal journey when we're working with Aries um, through healing any wounds to, to our ability to, to tap into our instinct, to tap into our, our inner knowing, our intuitive knowing. Um, we can really move into new understandings over the course of this eclipse season, especially beginning with this solar eclipse. Um, both of these eclipses, both the solar eclipse and the lunar eclipse, are also making a loose square to Pluto. And in general, the north and south node of the moon have been squaring Pluto for some time and will continue to for some time um, going into the future. What makes this eclipse season a bit more um, significant with regards to this Pluto square is that Pluto has just finished its retrograde as we head into this eclipse season. So we're moving out of a phase where Pluto has been in this really shadowy underworld internalized space and into a space where Pluto, where this, this 
um, part of us that's ready to become empowered, that's ready to um, kind of reclaim the, the wealth and the riches from our unconscious, from, um, you know, these, these deep kind of hidden parts of ourself. Um, Pluto is ready to move forward, is ready to help us move forward. Pluto is ready to help us become deeply psychologically honest so that we can take next steps. Um, so Pluto is, is squaring the eclipses, which presents a little bit of challenge, but it's newly direct during these eclipses, which suggests that, again, it's helping us with this process of transformation, this process of metamorphosis, this process of re-empowerment, this process of psychological honesty and clarity um, as we prepare to move forward. And then Venus. Venus is also in Virgo for both of these eclipses, which is significant because Venus is the ruling planet of both eclipses. Um, with the first eclipse, this, this solar eclipse in um, Libra. Libra is ruled by the planet Venus, so Venus in Virgo plays a significant role. Um, and then for the second eclipse, the full moon, um, lunar eclipse, it's in Taurus, and Taurus is also ruled by Venus. Venus will still be in Virgo, so this Virgoan virgin Venus is a very important part of this eclipse season. Um, a few quick notes there. As I mentioned earlier, Libra is sometimes seen as the scales of Astraea, as the scales of the goddess represented by Virgo. And so there's this really interesting continuing kind of interaction between what we're experiencing under these eclipses um, and this archetype of the virgin, the one who is whole unto herself, the one who embodies this healing energy. Virgo is sometimes seen as kind of this divine mother figure as well, linked to Isis, linked to Demeter, linked to Ceres. Um, and, and she's also an energy of integration and reintegration. Again, Isis um, had the power to kind of bring people back together and make them whole, whether that was through resurrecting them um, or in the case of her husband, Osiris, he's killed by his jealous brother, Set, and um, is chopped up into hundreds of pieces and scattered all over Egypt. And Isis goes through the process of recollecting and, and finding each of those pieces bringing them back together um, and bringing new life to Osiris. So again, there's this repeating theme with this eclipse and this eclipse season of returning to wholeness, of reintegration, and that's further symbolized by Venus and Virgo. This first eclipse, Venus is also forming a loose conjunction um, with Black Moon Lilith, who has this dark goddess quality of encouraging us to see ourselves clearly. Um, Self-honesty is really important with Venus and Virgo and Black Moon Lilith coming together, and so is empowerment. So again, with Black Moon Lilith and Venus together in Virgo, this is very much a time to um, kind of remember our inherent equality, just 
as as part of um, you know this process of returning to balance, of returning to equilibrium, we have to see ourselves as equal in the world, um, as as inherently um, important and and special, just like anyone else would be. Like we're all completely equal. Um, in order to experience that inner equilibrium. If we don't see ourselves as equal, we can never experience that inner equilibrium, that inner balance that we're seeking. Um, this is especially important in relationships when we think about Venus. Um, you know, self-worth, self-respect, self-value are all really things, are all things that become really important when we're working with this energy um, of Venus. And then when Black Moon Lilith comes in, she kind of demands these things. Um, since Venus also has an association with Mercury, who is again conjunct this eclipse, um, Venus in, in Virgo is, is ruled by Mercury. Um, again, our, our thoughts, the stories, the narratives that we tell become extra significant. Same with the words we choose to use. We need to choose words and thoughts that empower us. We need to move past illusion with Black Moon Lilith, to cut through illusion, to experience greater clarity, greater self-honesty in order to fully come into our power. So lots and lots and lots of really interesting things happening during this solar eclipse. Um, and I want to close with the Chandra symbol. Um, so there's there's these different symbol um, systems of symbols for the, the different degrees of the zodiac. And so 21 degrees Libra, the Chandra symbol um, is an ancient glass vial perfectly preserved. And I want to read the description from Elias Lonsdale's um, Inside Degrees for this Chandra symbol because it's a beautiful kind of synopsis of, of some of the energies, the major themes that are at play as we move through this exciting, empowering, cleansing, but also anciently inspired um, solar eclipse in Libra. So it reads... Soul memory, intensively held to ancient faculties. A stunning quality of still feeling the way people felt a very long time ago. A super sensitivity hidden and protected, disguised and played off of. Underneath, being vastly in tune with realms of existence, places and times that to others are remote, but to but that to you are closer than close. Your unsurpassed ability to bring other realities into this world faithfully, accurately, and dispassionately has a dazzling array of accompanying treasures, which include feeling virtually immune to contemporary egoisms and having no problem at all, imagining and bringing to life absolutely anything a repository of timeless knowledge to draw from, yet it is self-replenishing. The bottomless well of source knowingness, unaffected by time, by circumstance, or by any changes you go through. Riches that bear integrity and conviction and quickly disappear out of view when called to compromise or compete. It is all inside and it is complete, and it is so very true. 
So that's the Chandra symbol for this solar eclipse. Um, I'm going to move on to some of the other energies of this eclipse season. But again, since we're kicking off with this solar eclipse, really tuning into, feeling into, and honoring its energies, giving ourselves space and time to feel into the, the archetypes, the messages, the feelings that, that are arising during this eclipse will really set the tone for the rest of the season and for the next months and year even to come until we have that following new moon in Libra in 2024. Powerful times, big stuff, get excited. Okay, so moving on to the next kind of significant event, but sometimes overlooked event, this eclipse season is the midpoint between the two eclipses. So this is when the sun forms an exact conjunction with one of the nodes. In this case, it forms a conjunction with the lunar south node because that is where the sun is in the sky right now. The lunar south node is in Libra. The sun is moving through the sun. Libra. And so this conjunction happens between the Sun and the South Node on the 18th of October at 24 degrees of the sign Libra. When we're working with this, this Node-Sun conjunction, especially when it's the South Node, our karma starts to become extra conscious. We start to become extra aware of it as does the gold that lies latent and kind of hidden in the south node. So this is a really powerful moment to both become highly aware, highly conscious of the karmic patterns and conditioning that need release, that need healing, that are seeking resolution right now, that karma that's ripening. That is a really significant part of the sun coming together with the south node. The sun brings light. The sun brings illumination. It brings more awareness. It brings more consciousness to these patterns, to these underlying themes that we're likely to get stuck in. Um, but it also, again, can help to illuminate and bring into our conscious awareness some of the past memories, some of the ancient memories that also live in that south node. Um, a quick note on Libra and the karma associated with Libra, we're likely to experience this through patterns of people-pleasing, over-apologizing, passive aggressiveness, um, peace at all costs, even when those costs are great to us, even when those costs are great to our inner peace, and so on. So with Libra, we tend to find ourselves off balance, even though the goal of Libra is balance. We find ourselves off balance when we put too much of an emphasis on other people, and we kind of forget or neglect to tend to ourselves. And so again, as we're looking more at this Libra archetype, at some of its 
ancient mythological and archetypal associations, we recognize that that's really not the calling of Libra. Um, and yet that is how this archetype has evolved into our, our modern consciousness, modern day society, is this experience of putting others first, losing ourselves in others, um, trying to keep peace with others by, again, kind of damaging or neglecting our own need for inner peace and serenity, and um, generally avoiding confrontation, avoiding conflict, um, and, and trying to kind of keep others, again, happy versus really tending to and taking care of ourselves. And when we're working with this karma, with this, this south node energy, we have to be gentle with ourselves because we're working with um, potentially past life memories, deep soul memories, um, collective unconscious memories of, you know, maybe abuse, maybe um, neglect, maybe abandonment, maybe loss, um, maybe some really difficult, painful, challenging memories that surround relationships that surround our experiences with others, where if we didn't bend over backwards, if we did stand up for ourselves, maybe we were um, met with violence or harm. Um, so again, just kind of recognizing that if old patterns start to surface, um, or, or if we're kind of tapping into collective patterns that we don't really like within ourselves, that we don't really like within our relationships, um, just just being aware, being conscious, but also being kind to ourselves, as kind as we'd maybe like to be to others as well. Um, it's an important part of the healing. It's important part of the release. It's an important part of working with this Libra energy. I also want to share the Chandra, um, again, this, this symbol associated with that 24th degree of Libra, because it continues to tell us a really interesting and powerful story about what this eclipse season is all about. So the Chandra symbol is in the midst of a forest, a great circular open area. And again, Elias Lonsdale describes this degree in his book, Inside Degrees, as in Celtic lands steeped in a power beyond the world, there were openings always into other times and places from within this time and place. Discovering once again these passages and sending an expanded part of yourself to explore and inhabit all of the times and places officially denied, and being therefore given to a hearkening to the unknown and to the sensibility of simultaneously feeling linked up with just about everybody, everywhere, in a mystical, magical realization that pulls you along and calls one to become free and true. You walk onward into the limitless ways as though you had never lost them and no time had elapsed between great inward breaths. No time had elapsed between great inward breaths. No time had elapsed between these lifetimes, between these epochs, these eras. Um, again, this midpoint degree of the eclipses, this sun 
south node conjunction degree, 24 degrees Libra, carries so much of this powerful, powerful energy of remembrance, of finding that gold in the south node, finding that gold in the ancient past, finding that gold in these prior and previous incarnations. There's something so old, so ancient that's trying to resurface this eclipse season, that's trying to come through this portal um, that's here to guide us forward. Sometimes we need the, the wisdom, we need the foundation of the past in order to move into the future. And this eclipse season is really saying there's something in us. There's something in our cultures, our collective unconscious, our myths, our symbols, our stories that is so, so important for us to tune back into right now, to channel, to research, to reflect upon, to study in order to, to come out of this eclipse season um, with this sense of, of knowing of rejuvenation of renewal um that we're so in need of that we're so ready for so again that is kind of the midpoint between the solar and the lunar eclipses it happens on october 18th when the sun and the south node of the moon come together um, and it's another kind of powerful moment this eclipse season another powerful milestone that we want to be aware of that we want to kind of work with consciously just as we would work with the new moon solar eclipse and the full moon lunar eclipse okay so now on to kind of the final piece of this eclipse season which is the full moon lunar eclipse on the 28th of october That'll be at five degrees of the sign Taurus, and it will happen around 1.24 p.m. Pacific time. So with this full moon in Taurus, we're actually closing out an energy that we've been working with for some time um, that started back in 2022. Um, and kind of carried us um, into this year. So that was the North Node in Taurus and the South Node in um, Scorpio. And actually, now that I think about it, the energy really started in 2021. That's when we had our first eclipse, the fall of 2021, along the Taurus-Scorpio axis. Um, so this is, again, kind of a uh, ending a culmination of energies that have been in play for some time now with that north and south node in Taurus and Scorpio with these eclipses falling along that Taurus and Scorpio axis. And this is the very final eclipse for years to come um, along that Taurus-Scorpio axis. And so we are closing out our work with this nodal axis and really allowing ourselves to fully transition to the Aries Libra axis, which is where the eclipses will continue on for the next year plus. Um, so with the Taurus Scorpio axis, we were working with this balance between the 
desire and need for kind of earthly stability, for serenity, for ease, simplicity, um, a desire to kind of come to peace with our human experience, our experience being incarnated in these bodies, um, coming into a new understanding of our, our roles here on this planet, on the earth with that north node in Taurus, and also finding the, the spirit Spirit, the spirituality, um, finding the heaven on earth that exists within that, that Taurus energy. And, and that was kind of the growth opportunity we were working with, with that North Node in Taurus. And it was a natural balance to um, maybe too much of the darkness of our experience here on earth. Um, you know, maybe lifetimes or kind of collective memories of pain, of loss, of abandonment, of, of cruelty, of death, of darkness, um, really, really kind of having to work through some of the fears that come from the most kind of catastrophic, painful, difficult experiences that we experience here as humans on earth. And so with this eclipse, um, again, we're kind of taking one last look at that shadow. Again, the shadow of the earth being cast on the moon. Um, what are some of the darkest, most painful, most difficult experiences that we've had here on this planet? You know, what do we need to heal? Do we need to resolve in order to reclaim our power and in order to experience that heaven on earth, in order to bring heaven back to earth, in order to reconnect with the beauty and the spirit and the love and the energy that can come with incarnating on this planet that comes with the spirit of this earth, that Taurus energy. So we have this kind of final effort, this final um, reminder, this final energetic awakening um, surrounding those two energies, really allowing ourselves to heal and release so that we can come into the power of that Scorpio south node, that Scorpio sun, um, where the sun will be during this eclipse, um, while also being able to experience, um, you know, the, the peace, the calm, the tranquility, the centeredness, the groundedness, the beauty, the love of that Taurus energy as represented by the Taurus moon during this eclipse. The moon during this eclipse is sitting conjunct Jupiter, which is currently retrograde in Taurus as well. Um, and that energy, again, is um, a very expansive energy, a very spiritual energy. But in this case, since Jupiter is retrograde, we're really expanding into our inner worlds. Um, we're expanding into the spirituality of our bodies, of, of our inner wisdom, um, maybe 
expanding again into the the spirit, into the wisdom of this planet, of the earth. But it calls us to get quiet. It calls us to go on more of an inner search, an inner journey into our wisdom. Um, It also is a hearkening into the wisdom of the past, just like I spoke about with um, both the midpoint of this eclipse and the solar eclipse. Um, that Jupiter retrograde energy, again, can, can really help us tap into ancient wisdom, prior incarnation wisdom, and so on. Wisdom that goes very, very deep, that's very, very old. It's less of an external search and expansion and more of an inner one. So, um, so some of that that knowledge that we gain, that wisdom that we come into during the course of this full moon lunar eclipse, again, might be wisdom that arises from our emotional bodies, might be wisdom that's channeled and kind of comes to us spontaneously and surprisingly or through prayer, meditation, reflection, and so on. Um, But it's very much, again, with Jupiter retrograde, there's this expansive abundant richness that's coming to us with this eclipse, but a lot of it is coming from within. The moon is also making a loose conjunction to the north node in Aries right now. So again, um, with eclipses, we always have one aligned with one lunar node, one aligned with the other. Since the first eclipse, the solar eclipse was aligned with the south node. The second eclipse, the full moon lunar eclipse, is associated and aligned with the north node. And so there is a feeling of with this full moon, we're ready to start moving forward after we complete this eclipse season, there's something courageous and inspired and motivated and action-oriented Aries um, within us that's ready to move forward, ready to take next steps. Um, With eclipses, there is sometimes a need for release before we can move forward. With full moons in general, there can be that quality. So again, if there's something that we still need to let go of, if there's something that isn't true to us, um, you know, both Taurus and Aries really, really encourage us to come back to who we truly are, to the core of who we are, to our values, to our truth, and to move forward from that place. So if there's anything that's obstructing that truth, that's obstructing our true values, that's obstructing our core, that's obstructing our hearts and and the energy that's emanating from our hearts and trying to guide us forward, then the North Node there um, can really help us with that process of releasing the past and trusting that there's something better in the future um, and also can help us take this knowledge, this wisdom gleaned from the past and, and use it towards something beautiful and beneficial in this new cycle to come. The moon is also conjunct um, or again sitting right near this um, celestial point called Dark Moon or Waldemoth Lilith, um, which is you can put into astro.com or other tools as H58. Um, And Dark Moon Lilith has an association with kind of the purging of old stories, wounds, and anger that keep us caught in illusion and prevent us from fully coming into our power. And so with 
dark moon Lilith, again, different from black moon Lilith. There are, there are a few Liliths <laughs> that we work with in astrology and dark moon is one of them. With dark moon Lilith, this is really kind of the phase of Lilith's journey where she needs to um, spend time on her own. Um, she goes off and spends time by the Red Sea and kind of rewilds, spends this time in nature, just purging and cleansing herself um, out in the desert, you know, of, of all of these things, all of this hate, pain, um, insecurity, unworthiness, all of the things that came from her experience of being kind of subjugated um, under Adam um, in her myth, um, of being made to feel unequal, impure, and so on. Um, and then when we reach Black Moon Lilith, um, that kind of final chapter in her journey, um, that's where she really comes into her truth and her power in this new way. But Dark Moon Lilith is, is the part where she's cleansing, purging in order to come into that Black Moon Lilith power. So again, Lilith um, is, is activated during both of these eclipses. During the first eclipse, we have Black Moon Lilith. She says, new intentions surround cutting through illusion, coming into our power fully, owning our power, owning our wildness. Like, I am woman, hear me roar. <laughs> And um, and then when we get to the, the full moon lunar eclipse, where again, there is this emphasis on releasing something in order to move forward. Both eclipses have that energy, but especially with the full moon, it's kind of like, what do we really need to let go of and mature beyond? Um, that's where we come into this dark moon Lilith phase where we're reminded that maybe there's some old wounds, some old pain, some old anger, some old feelings of unfairness or maltreatment or disrespect um, that we really need to heal and, and release so that we can once again move forward, come into our power, and move out of a space of maybe expectation that's that's unfounded in anything, you know, expectation that things will magically get better, but maybe they won't. Like that's that's the dark moon Lilith energy is sometimes we have this way of kind of deluding ourselves and telling ourselves that um, you know, certain stories that aren't really rooted in truth. And, and Dark Moon Lilith says it's time to kind of purge, release, cleanse ourselves of those stories so that we can move forward in a place of self-honesty, in a place of, of true um, potential for, for empowerment. Again, I mentioned that the ruling planet of both of these um, eclipses is that Venus in Virgo. And um, Venus during the second eclipse is making a very kind of loose opposition to Neptune, which is currently in Pisces, currently retrograde. Um, so I see Neptune retrograde in Pisces also as having this powerful potential for helping us reconnect with intuitive wisdom, with ancient wisdom. It's a powerful placement for forgiveness, for healing, for release. It's also a powerful placement for once again, helping us kind of cut through and, and release illusions. Since Neptune has a strong association with illusion and disillusionment, when it's retrograde, sometimes we're moving into a place of greater clarity 
clarity. So some of these themes are kind of repeated throughout, um, you know, different, different energies that, that this eclipse embodies, but, um, but that opposition of Venus to Neptune, again, brings in this opportunity for greater compassion for oneself, for others, greater forgiveness, to allow for greater release as we prepare to move forward. The sun is also doing some interesting things during this lunar eclipse. And since the sun is what, again, casts light on the moon, in this case, the earth is, is blocking some of that light with its shadow, but the sun is still the one providing the illumination. Um, the sun, therefore, becomes important as well. And in this case, we have that sun in Scorpio. It's making a conjunction with Mars, um, Mars, the planet of war, but also the planet of self-assertion, the planet of activation, of individuation, of, um, you know, conflict, conscious conflict, the ability to, to use conflict wisely and to use it to kind of support ourselves and our growth and our relationships. Um, and also that planet of passion and motivation, that planet is sitting with the sun. Um, this is significant in part because Mars is the ruling planet of the North Node right now. That North Node in Aries is ruled by Mars. So again, we have this, this interesting um, balance between this North Node energy and the Sun, which is currently um, aligned with the, the South Node in Libra. And so we're really being called into balance. Um, balance being a favorite word of Libra, but also a favorite word of the North and South node. Like this is an axis that, that we're looking to balance, that we're looking to find, um, you know, a new harmony between, that we're looking to build a bridge between. Balance is a favorite word of full moons as well, because we're looking for a balance between the energy of the sun and the energy of the moon, the energy of the sign the sun is in, and the opposing sign that the moon falls in. So everything about this second moon is really also about finding balance, finding balance between the karmic past, between past life wisdom, ancient wisdom, and the future, the stories, the narrative, the potential of the future. Um, all of that is, is really called into play during this full moon lunar eclipse. Mercury is also sitting conjunct the sun. And again, Mercury um, was sitting with the sun during the first eclipse as well. So we have this added emphasis on um, the stories, the narratives, the words that we choose to use, remembering that any words that we use to set intentions, any words that we use um, to describe, to define ourselves, to describe and define the future, um, they hold extra power right now. So being really, really mindful and aware of our words, um, of our thoughts is a, a big part of working with this eclipse season. Um, and also, again, recognizing that, that Mercury can help us channel insights during this eclipse portal, can help us reconnect with ancient wisdom, with ancient knowledge um, as part of this process, and potentially even help us kind of connect with 
future wisdom or future knowledge like this this energy of of wisdom of knowledge of ideas of insights it's not really time bound it just is it exists and so with mercury so prominent we have the ability and the capacity to really tap into these these ideas these thoughts these insights this information that exists and and never really goes away it's just all pervasive all permeating um and and so mercury can help us really tune into that during this eclipse season especially since it's so prominent um throughout the eclipse season so giving ourselves that time for reflection, prayer, meditation, um, you know, whatever our preferred practices are, um, it's going to be really, really powerful during this eclipse season. So I want to close with a few more Chandra symbols because all of the Chandra symbols for the degrees of this eclipse season are just so, so powerful. They all come together to tell such a beautiful story. And, um, and I think that kind of maybe closing your eyes and kind of meditating on these final two Chandra symbols for the moon, um, that moon at five degrees of Taurus and the sun at five degrees of Scorpio could be a really powerful way to kind of close out this podcast, to close out this um, kind of reflection on these eclipses and so on. And before I share them, I just want to reiterate once more that these are channeled by Elias Lonsdale um, and shared in his book Inside Degrees. So if you enjoy them, check his book out and, um, and you know, you can learn about the degrees in your own birth chart. You can learn about the degrees of other major, um, you know, new full moons, celestial events, and so on. It's just so powerful, so beautiful, and, and I'd really encourage you to check it out. So coming back to these Chandra symbols for the moon at five degrees Taurus, the Chandra symbol is a pink diamond, and it's described as the heart feels everything. It burns the fever. Inside the burning, something marvelous is forming. Grace permits the realization of the heart's desires. You become a vessel to demonstrate, to share the beauty, the love, and the light. Yet all of this is implicit, is inherent, is inward. It is not seen by outer eyes. You are warming through slowly, contemplatively, those qualities of the soul that are best entered upon free from reflection. The inner life is rich beyond measure with seeds which will be fertilized and are given forth in the fullness of time with a consummate touch of having been through the fire to attain what is true and lasting. A pink diamond. That is the Chandra symbol for the moon, um, kind of the key player in this full moon lunar eclipse on the 28th of October. And now closing with the sun, the sun which casts its light on the moon, the sun which provides the illumination for everything in our solar system, kind of holds it all together. Um, the sun at five degrees of Scorpio is a dancer with eight arms. 
and it's described as each and every dimension carries with it a path to follow, a way to become fulfilled within that channel. It is human nature to restrict yourself to one dimension or perhaps two at a time. But nature is no longer enough within the evolving matrix on this planet. Here is the departure point, the mutational edge, the willingness and capacity to develop simultaneously in all eight primary dimensions. Bearing this seed is the most sacred and high level of tasks. You are being ushered into limitless vistas within. All the new capacities are arising at the same time from every side, and all can be creatively combined into an entirely new way of being. But it takes a life force that is disciplined, harnessed, mastered. Even in the initial stages, this calls for absolute dedication. If you become overly impressed by yourself, the juices are cut off, everything freezes. But as you learn to cut through all images whatsoever, the fount again supplies boundless vital spark to orchestrate the impossible. Evolutionary breakthrough arises through the physical organism of those individuals who have prepared accordingly. Here is the greatest display of inward ability that can be imagined. May the highest gods speed you along your finest quest for perfect embodiment. Really, really powerful symbols guiding and supporting us throughout all of these eclipses. This is an incredibly powerful eclipse portal. It has beautiful, beautiful energies just waiting for us. Um, part of the call to rest, to reflect, to give ourselves space is just to saturate in the magic and the meaning and the myth and the symbols that exist around these eclipses. This is an amazing, just wildly illuminating and energizing and empowering moment for us. So I hope you all enjoy this eclipse season. I hope you take time to savor it. Um, if there are challenges arise, know that they're temporary, know that they are part of something much bigger, much more exciting and expansive and awesome that's just waiting for us on the horizon. Um, any of the deep, difficult, challenging shadow work that we're called into is here to help liberate us, is here to help illuminate our lives, our worlds, our path forward, and really, really positive, really powerful things are just waiting for us on the other side of this eclipse season. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, it was a bit longer than I intended, apparently. I have a lot to say <laughs> at 38 weeks pregnant about this eclipse season. Um, I look forward to reconnecting with all of you once I have this little eclipse baby <laughs> and um, hope that in the meantime, you have a wonderful 
fall slash spring, both of these really exciting transitional seasons, depending on the hemisphere you're in. And I will look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you again for tuning in. I really appreciate all of you and hope that you take care and stay in your power and your magic. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Karmic Imprints podcast. If you'd like to check out more episodes, you can tune in over Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other major podcasting services, and hit the subscribe button to keep up with new content as it comes in. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.